live like is that food or like particular fruits and vegetables should always be accessible which I feel like in the long run is not sustainable because everything has its season and when it's like not in season it's grown in ways that are so bad for the environment and I feel like in turn so bad for us so like the fact that we have blueberries right now is kind of ridiculous Mm -hmm. and like it's obviously shows through the price because they're not supposed to be growing right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) they grow in like June um at least in Minnesota so I just the way that like food is right now is not sustainable in any way (laughs) how does your experience like working at Trader Joe's like who comes in like and buys it yeah buys it all um your classic Karen (laughs) she's our our most favored customer really (laughs) um yeah but you know I work at the downtown location which is really close to the U of M campus and a lot of our customers are U of M students which is great because I think Trader Joe's is pretty affordable compared to other grocery stores in the area at least yeah and Um, quality and quality wise Yeah. yeah exactly um because like the target in dinky town like so close to campus their prices are hiked up so high because they know people are gonna buy it Mm because you need food and that's what's closest hello everyone and welcome to the ninth episode of the belonging together series this is your host gabriella and today our special guest is isabella welcome thank you for having me (laughs) i'm so excited you're here um do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself um sure I'm a graduate from the U of M, where I did design and art. I own two businesses, and I'm a Capricorn. I feel like that. Love yeah. that. That's big. <laughs> so Isabella and I. When did we meet? Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I actually I remember how we met. Um, we met at a an event that was put on by the Latinx student organization at school. And we, like, we're at the same booth. Um, and we, like, I remember overhearing you say you were an art major. And I was like, wait, I'm an art major, too. And you were, like, the first Latina that yeah. I'd met who was in the art department. Um, and then I think after that, we just followed each other on Instagram. And, and then, I think it was, like, the next semester or something, we happened to be in two of the same classes together. <laughs> yes, we were. Yeah, thank God for that. Thank goodness. Um, we just, like, bonded over that. That was so... I'm so glad we got put together. But um, I'm a Libra. I don't think I've mentioned that on here, but maybe it shows. <laughs> um, so, anyways, as Isabella mentioned, she has two businesses, which is just incredible. Um, she's the most creative person I know. And also, like, you really are. <laughs> I'm shaking She's my shaking head, y'all. Her head. No. But she is. Um, like, her photography is really amazing. She photographs people, and, like, I've never seen someone capture people so well and, like, so in their in their essence. Um, but I think you should share about your businesses. You want to tell us about them? <laughs> sure. They're quite different. Um, so... So my partner and I, his name is David, we started a business called Niños Verdes a few, I guess, uh, two years or a year ago. Um, basically, it's we sell plants, we also grow plants, and we are focused on creating like a community where 
I'm 23. People actually are successful with their plants. A lot of the times you buy a plant from a box store, it dies, you go back, you buy it, it dies, and you just repeat that cycle. And we wanted to create a more like personal relationship, so we work with our clients or customers and help them like keep their plants alive. We offer like free education about plants. Um, and yeah, it's just something we've started to do recently. And then my other business, I'm a nail tech, so I do nails. And that's pretty new. I've been doing it for, I think, about a year now. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> she um, did my nails. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so great. It was my first time ever getting my nails done. And I'll be sure to link both of her businesses in the description box um, of this podcast. But you're running your plant business out of your house. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so unique. Um, what has that been like? Um, the plants live with us, so when we started, we were living in Marcy Homes, and a very, very small two-bedroom apartment, and there was no room for anything. (laughs) Like, I would literally eat dinner next to plants. I'm like, okay, this is getting to be too much, um, but I'm, I, I just loved it. It's really interesting, um, because it's just like a, I don't know, it made my home really peaceful. It was really nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think another interesting thing I found out about plant businesses or just like plant um, stores what is the word for that a plant store plant store a plant shop plant shop well okay do you want to describe like the distribution process because that was not something I'd ever known about okay well there's like many levels to it Um, you can be a, a grower where you just grow plants and then you sell it to someone else who then um, sells it to people who carry a license. I'm trying to figure out the fancy words. I don't know. Um, like a nursery to sell it to... Yeah, An whole, average person. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so we have the growers and then the wholesalers. Essentially, there's three levels. Um, and yeah, so what David and I, we want to do is we don't necessarily just want to like purchase from the wholesalers, but we want to be able to grow our own plants which is what we've been doing um, during the winter. And this summer, we are hoping to grow vegetables and other like flowers and such to sell. And where do you see your plant business going moving forward? Um, moving forward, we want to focus more on like community health and the food we intake. We want to grow food all year round to sell to people in our community for very fair prices because a lot of like communities of color don't have access to actual health healthy foods we always stuck with like really like um, genetically modified um, produce or like frozen food and well you know some of that stuff is okay or all we have access to I feel like we deserve more Um, so that's kind of our goal for the next year yeah that's really amazing community is such a big part of our lives and I feel like it's not emphasized enough and the world we're living in right now and especially not like the nurturing side and like taking care of each other I feel like we're kind of taught like to each their own yeah um in like a very in a way that's like kind of possessive and you're just like not taught to share with others and I feel like something we bonded over is food (laughs) and like community like it's a big part of our lives and like a big part of our upbringing and how we bond with people um it is a community gathering food brings people together 
and it keeps people together. Yeah. It's really, yeah, I feel like especially in Latin, like, Latin culture. <laughs> For sure. It's a whole process. <laughs> um, and especially, like, I know this is such a stereotype, but, like, Latin moms just want to feed you and yeah. make you really fat. <laughs> like, it's not okay. <laughs> it's how they share their love. Yeah. Like, my, like, my grandma literally, like, gifts me fruit. And, like, I know that's, like, her love language. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend the other day about love languages and she said they need to add fruit giving to the list <laughs> yes, they do oh my goodness i see that in my mom too like if i can tell when she likes someone or when she's like really wanting to love on someone she'll just feed them and she'll be like are you sure you're not hungry like let me make you a whole meal <laughs> like a like a three course meal <laughs> even if it's maybe the first time she's met them like she's full-on just feeding people how do you feel like food showed up in your upbringing um well, my mom was a single mom for a while, so we just ate food that was given to us by a church, which I'm eternally grateful for forever. Um, however, like, the milk was, like, powdered milk, evaporated milk. Mm. It just wasn't, like, it was what it was. And um, I just, like, there was always, like, an emptiness, like, in our kitchen that I just felt, like, needed to be filled. Um, and then as I grew up, I did more of the cooking in my household and then it became like a reality and I began to notice how creative my mom got Mm. with how little we had. Um, So yeah, and then becoming an adult and starting to buy my own groceries, I noticed how expensive like produce is. It's it's crazy. Like even like places that are considered more affordable such as Trader Joe's, their blueberries are like $7, Mm -hmm. which is just like beyond me. It's like, that's... I don't know. Yeah. It's just a lot of money. Um, I think another part of what we're conditioned to... Anyways, back to your question. I think your average Karen always goes... Always shops at Trader Joe's. um, And I just think that there's this, like, lack of awareness on, like, who made the food, how it was produced, like, whose hands it touched. Um, Like, I think about that a lot when I'm stocking especially fresh produce um we were talking about this earlier so full circle but um (laughs) like farm workers right now in california that's it's a huge topic because legislation is being discussed about that and um potentially like giving them a pathway to citizenship and i that's close to both of our hearts um being like latinas and having so many people close to us who are immigrants and undocumented immigrants um so yeah it's just unfair it's modern day slavery it is modern day slavery and it's a conversation that we need to have for the people who can't have them Mm. yeah yeah Yeah. so sad no it's okay um but i encourage you all to look into that because it's not talked about i feel like the history of Latinos in the U.S. is so brushed under, what's the saying? Like, just, like, brushed past. Like, you Mm -hmm. don't think about it very much. um, But the fact that Mexico um, was way bigger than it is now, like, its land was part of what is now the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, And it was, you know, obviously taken. um, And in so many ways, that's affected our culture and, like, people especially undocumented immigrants as like modern day slaves um back to the farm workers yeah it's another it's a form of abuse it's a silent i say silent abuse because it 
the people who are being abused necessarily can't report it or sometimes feel like they can't do much about it so they just withstand it for mm-hmm. years like i know people who have worked through injuries who have like gone to surgery and then gone immediate to work who have lost their jobs mm-hmm. because they've been overworked to death and this is all within the food industry but no they can't do anything about it unfortunately um it's a whole cycle yeah. like it's a cycle of suffering and there's not you know there's not much you can do about it which is so sad which is the most frustrating part it's the most frustrating part um and to see it so close to just it sucks it's heartbreaking um so anyways be grateful for your food yeah (laughs) think about whose hands they've touched because it's been a lot more people than you probably think think about who you buy from and like which grocery stores if you can afford to have that luxury to have a choice Mm because not everyone does Mm -hmm. um if you have the ability to make it please do um if you can't like i personally i do a mix of trader joe's and aldi's because it's a lot more affordable for me Mm. um whereas like the meat at trader joe's is really good the produce is really great but there's some things that are just more affordable at aldi's which is good yeah yeah and my family's kind of the same aldi's for us is great for produce i feel like especially when you buy them when stuff is on deal sometimes yes. they have guavas mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, papayas <laughs> papayas yes They're, okay the avocados though get them in a little bag yeah. for like four bucks oh for like gosh. six of them yeah good. <laughs> um and i think like for my family a big part of our summaries are the farmer's market it's so great to support families and you see them there too which just it makes it all the more real to physically see the person who has planted your food and nurtured your food and is now selling it to you. Like, it's such a more intimate process and, like, back to community. Always back to community. Like, I don't know. Just makes it more special, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Moving to Minnesota and actually, like, seeing, like, farmer's markets and, like, buying from them kind of changed things for me. I think maybe that's how like the conversation between David and I started about wanting to sell produce as mm. well. Cause a lot of like, I don't know. I think I've been to, Minnesota has quite a few, I believe. Yeah. Like three. We do more. have, we have a lot in Minneapolis. And then like, I feel like the surrounding suburbs have their own too. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was it like for you in like the other places you've lived? I, it was very white dominated, very, cause I'm from North Carolina. There is a lot of farms. But it was mostly, like, the places anyways that I was introduced to was really white-dominated and really, like, small-town-like energy. So I I never felt welcomed, and I just stayed away. Mm. So I didn't really look out those places down there. Yeah. Interesting. I've not been to the East Coast, really. Is that from D.C.? (laughs) But, yeah, that's not an experience I've had. D.C. is different, too, because it's more, that's a northern northern state. So, like, once you move past Virginia, Virginia and go down... It gets more, it gets part of the Bible Belt, it gets more Southern and um, more racist. Mm. Or at least more like openly racist. Openly racist. Yeah. Yes, that's a good term. That's, yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's equally as racist here in Minnesota as just in South, in North Carolina. Um, like, for example, in high school, our like football team will come to drive up to the parking lot in their trucks with Confederate flags in the back and that was just like a cool thing for them to do like a real normal thing and I just like grew up seeing that and it was just like it was it was very scary because I I don't think Minnesota I don't know about Minnesota wouldn't do that so not that I've seen at least like not in the metro area right not in Minneapolis (laughs) not in Minneapolis we would not see that and if we did it'd be like 
it'd be such a big red flag i feel like yeah they would be looked down upon but yeah i can't compare that to anything that i've experienced because i've just been in minneapolis my whole life and like it's pretty diverse compared to like outside of minneapolis um so i've been lucky to you know not have felt that but i feel like when i do go up north or like up near duluth there's like some tension <laughs> there's tension there's so much tension when i go up there and it does not like i want to love duluth so much because it's such a cute city there are so many mixed feelings and especially growing up and watching that relationship change with duluth has been interesting and to just like all of a sudden especially with everything political that has happened in the past four years like I don't know. There's been a huge shift in how I felt in like going up north and just going outside of the Twin Cities. Um, you feel unwelcomed. Yeah. And it's sad. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the listeners maybe will relate. Just like your peer existence like insults someone or your peer existence is like puts you in a dangerous position or yeah. an uncomfortable position. Yeah. And you're just stared at yeah. like like an object. It's yeah not fun and the topic of not feeling welcomed if you would like to feel welcomed <laughs> um i work for a black owned nail salon in minneapolis it's called the nail bar um it's woman owned and black owned it's also um a hair salon the hair salon oh, is what called, yeah so it's the two owners they're friends mm-hmm. um the hair salon is the beauty lounge and then we have the nail bar okay um it's a really wonderful place i really love working there um it's literally every all the employees are POC. We're all women identifying, which is cool. Um, and I've never really felt like listened to, like respected um, during like a service when I used to get my nails done. It felt always rushed. I would always leave with like cuts on my hands or like really like like in pain. And it just shouldn't be like that. It should be like a really relaxing um, experience. And I think that my team does a really good job of creating that. So if you want to come out and support, we'd love to see you guys. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'll also put just all the information in there so you can check check the nail salon out. On what you said about, well, like being welcoming and just nurturing, I, like I see that in you so much and how even when someone is entering your space, like you... You have this gift of making people feel good about themselves and, like, making them feel welcomed. I felt that so much in class, and, like, I'd never felt that before with someone, so I'm so glad I met you. Oh, that's so nice. I'm glad I do that. I think I try to, but I don't really... I'm not aware if I do it or not. You do. Thank you for comforting me. Yeah. Yeah. You do (laughs) that, too. That's a big part of you. (laughs) That's why... I think maybe that's why you felt it, because you did that for me, too. Yeah. Especially in, like, we, we went to the U of M for... Or, so... It was really, like, white-focused, and, like, all the art was white-focused. And there was some times where some things our professors shared with us that were extremely incorrect to be shared with the class. And it really pissed me off. Yeah. And I just, I, it was nice to have someone to, like, share that frustration. And just feel validated, because I feel like so many times you're taught to, like, question yourself. And be like, am I being dramatic? Like, am I thinking too much about this? Or, like, making a big deal? But no. Out of nothing. Out of nothing. <laughs> so um, I hope you all have someone in your life that like makes you feel validated and makes you feel welcome and at home. Um, but with that, I think I'll close out this episode. Thank you again for being on it. Um, I'm lucky. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. I'll catch you in the next one. <laughs>